Isaiah Oliver has competition now, a, a position we thought was pretty solid coming into camp. Now, who could be the slot cornerback for the 49ers? Will Isaiah Oliver hold off all comers and some really terrible ways that Trey Lance is being treated in the national media coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock here with you at BD Peacock on Twitter. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You might notice that Eric Crocker not here with us today if you're with us live uh, on YouTube. And as SJ Sharks fan 39 asks, Crocker still traveling? Is he going to New York first? Uh, no, he's uh, he's just got a lot to deal with right now. He's actually moving back to California, which is awesome. So um, he's back and forth between Arkansas, and California right now moving. He's going to be on with me post game, though, Saturday after the, the second preseason game for the 49ers to give his insight there. No doubt he's going to be watching as I will this new nickel cornerback competition. So Croc will be back with me. Very soon, he's got some uh, important things to take care of, so I'm holding it down this week. Uh, Isaiah Oliver, when he signed his two-year contract, it sounded as if, it looked as if, like, Isaiah Oliver was the guy for the 49ers, and he was going to remain the guy for the 49ers in that sort of a bigger nickel role, at the very least, because he's a bigger cornerback, had moved outside with the uh, Atlanta Falcons after he was drafted inside to the 49, or to uh, to the nickel spot, and uh, actually, Eric Crocker showing up in the chat. So he is tuning in right now, uh, busy, busy moving and, and, and getting everything done and, and settled with his family, which is important stuff. We're going to be glad to have Croc back in California. He's going to be back in the uh, in the 209. So that's pretty cool. Um, but Isaiah Oliver, he doesn't have it on lock. So let's go. I'm going to lean heavily on pro football focus today with their charting and who was playing where in the first preseason game. And then Steve Wilkes gave us some clues who might be playing there in the in the next couple of preseason games for the 49ers as they as they try to get this sorted out. And, and clearly the 49ers weren't happy with what they saw in the preseason game from Isaiah Oliver. I wonder how much um, was was kind of brewing before that in practice. Maybe he's not the guy they thought he was going to be for them. Uh, at that nickel spot. Maybe he's not the best fit. I don't know. Maybe he needs a little light lit under him. But Isaiah Oliver, according to Pro Football Focus, had the worst coverage grade on the entire San Francisco 49ers unit in preseason game number one, a 29.2 coverage grade. And why did he get such a, a poor grade? Well, uh, he was targeted four times, 100% success rate for those targets, four catches, 34 yards on those targets, and a quarterback rating when targeted of 141.7 so nearly perfect quarterback rating targeting isaiah oliver's coverage in that game for uh aiden o'connell and uh in the las vegas raiders and here's what's interesting the, the guy who had the best coverage grade on the day according to pro football focus was aj parker he's an undrafted guy that you know we haven't really talked about a lot i didn't think he had much of a shot to make the roster but he's now I think um, at least in in much more in the conversation than he was maybe a few weeks ago when training camp got going in Santa Clara. A.J. Parker and Isaiah Oliver took the most snaps at nickel. Isaiah Oliver, the worst coverage grade. 
A.J. Parker, the best coverage grade on the 49ers defense, uh, gave up one reception for negative four yards. So, yeah, um, you know, screen pass making a making a tackle in the backfield. There was was A.J. Parker on that one. So uh, that's according to Pro Football Focus. And I did not really watch that that nickel spot that much when I was doing the game. And, you know, so much watching the quarterbacks and then. Uh, on defense, watching some other positions and, and watching the safeties and watching really a, a lot of the guys up front because you can live, you can get a lot more from that. It's a little bit more difficult in coverage. You want to go back. And so I'm going to lean heavily on Crocker next week and in, in post game here to uh, to really break down what we've seen from the defensive backs from the first couple of preseason games and uh, and now some maybe openings. The doors cracked open for maybe a few more guys than we expected to make this roster and and compete there. Just finishing up with the uh, with the guys who played in any sort of a nickel role during preseason week number one, it was Isaiah Oliver had 13, uh, uh, 13 snaps in the slot. A.J. Parker had 14 as slot corner. Quantrez Knight played a lot of safety. He did get one snap as sort of in sort of a nickel-looking role there. Uh, this is, again, according to Pro Football Focus's charting. I did not chart these all out. Uh, Quantrez Knight certainly has a, a skill set that could be sort of a nickel type of player for the 49ers. So we'll see if he gets more options there or if they like him more just as a as a true safety that can kind of drop down a little bit. Uh, Miles Hartsfield is a guy that I expected to get maybe even the second most slot reps going into the preseason. Uh, he played a lot of that slot nickel sort of a role, uh, kind of a corner slash safety player. He played uh, a lot of everything in that game for the 49ers, a lot in the box, 13 snaps there, some deep safety, nine snaps, and then four slots, uh, four snaps uh, in a in a nickel sort of alignment for the 49ers there. So Miles Hartfield, the third most snaps there. And then here's another dark horse for you as well as far as guys that did play that and could play that type of a role for the 49ers when you're trying to figure out who your best five DBs are to get them on the field. What about the guy that the 49ers loved and traded up for in the draft in the third round? He played uh, six snaps there. He was all over the place, mostly free safety, 23 snaps at, at free safety, five snaps in the box, six snaps in a slot role for the 49ers in preseason week number one. Could Jair Brown be that fifth DB for the 49ers with Hufanga and Tayshawn Gibson uh, at safety to to get your best players on the field. Go big nickel, go with a, an extra safety rather than the extra corner, or depending on the look, maybe maybe you do a little bit of both. Maybe you show some third safety looks and then some other third cornerback looks. And according to Steve Wilkes, there's a Rolodex of guys, and there are, there are quite a few players on the 49ers roster that could potentially play this sort of a uh, this sort of a role for the 49ers. So let's let's go through what Steve Wilkes talked about and what we saw at practice on Wednesday for the 49ers who were out there playing that nickel role. And uh, the first player that Steve Wilkes mentioned was Deshaun Jameson, the undrafted corner out of Texas who looked so good returning the ball for the 49ers. Played solid on the outside for the 49ers in that preseason game. He didn't play any slot snaps. Neither did Sam Womack. Uh, in the first preseason game, but I think we're going to see him out there in this one. He mentioned Deshaun Jameson. I think the 49ers are really realizing, man, you know, with with Ray Ray McLeod out, this is our best return guy. Let's see how much value he has anywhere on defense. He's not the biggest corner. If he's got that toughness, he's he played a lot of ball at Texas. Maybe he's a sneaky fit there, and, and it gives him another option and another way to build value and potentially make a team 
as an undrafted free agent rookie. So exciting opportunity there for Deshaun Jameson. Here's a wrinkle. Yamador Lenore, who's been outside for a while. You know, look, Croc and I talked about Lenore when he was drafted. He's like, I think this is the DJ Reed type thing where they think he's going to be more of a, a certain role. It's maybe different than what he did in college. And he ends up playing more outside for the 49ers last year and to start camp. He got some reps in practice in that nickel spot, um, as did Deshaun Jameson. There was some uh, slot reps for, let me go back through uh, through all the guys who got those reps in practice today. Um, so yeah, Diamador Lenore, then with, so this is according to Matt Barrows, with Charverius Ward getting a breather at the end of practice, Lenore and Ambry Thomas were actually the outside corners after Lenore had gotten some work earlier at nickel, and then it was Samuel Womack who came in between them. So Lenore, Ambry Thomas on the outsides. Ambry Thomas definitely helped himself in preseason week number one. And then Sam Womack uh, entering the picture there. And uh, and then Lenore bumped inside when Womack came back in. So there's uh, I, this is a really interesting combination of players and, and options the 49ers and Steve Wilkes have. The Rolodex, as he put it, have uh, to, to filter in there at nickel. And then all the other players I already mentioned that that did some nickel stuff there on uh, on uh, last Sunday in the preseason game against the Raiders. So uh, I think I could start to see what the 49ers are doing there. Like, wait a second, Lenore, we've got this guy, Darrell Luter, that we like. We drafted in the fifth round. We like Womack. We thought he was a nickel last year, but maybe we do like him better outside than inside. So maybe that's our opportunity for our third corner to come in and play outside. Lenore actually jumps inside. Uh, we've seen the 49ers do that in the past and, you know, even past regimes did that. A lot of teams like to do that and move their guys around. And, you know, if he's the the more physical, he's the better fit in the nickel than there. You could do that. You could do uh, Jair Brown, as I mentioned there. And uh, so, um, and Isaiah Oliver's not out of it. I mean, he didn't like break his leg and he, I mean, he's still around. I, I don't know how much the 49ers disliked what they've seen from him so far. If he has an opportunity to be like, okay, hey, okay, I hear you. I'm going to improve on whatever it is that, um, that I need to improve on. And yeah, I'm your guy. I'm still your guy. You, you signed me to do this. I'm going to be this uh, this nickel corner for you. So uh, interesting competition that will continue, no doubt. And we will t- pay much closer attention to here on the podcast in preseason games number two and number three. More insight about preseason game number two, what it might look like with the quarterback rotation for Kyle Shanahan and um, really some some silly season coverage of Trey Lance and the the whole Trey Lance dialogue from the national media right now going on that I want to address on today's episode next. Today's episode of Locked on 49ers is brought to you by Nutrafol. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Men think losing their hair is inevitable, but you can take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for men. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Go to Nutrafol.com slash men, take their hair health wellness quiz that identifies the causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL. 
Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, and that's spelled Nutrafol, N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men, and enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Again, that's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Okay, I got to... Uh, I understand how difficult it is doing a daily podcast, a national podcast about the entire league. Peacock and Williamson, subscribe up. Uh, make it your next listen after your first listen to San Francisco's uh, Locked On 49ers, right? We got, we got you covered here with the San Francisco 49ers daily, and I'm, I'm also got you covered with the entire league with my co-host Matt Williamson, former NFL scout, former ESPN guy. So he's been doing the national coverage thing for a while, and it's hard to know all nuances of everything. But one thing you'd start to see in national coverage when it comes to young quarterbacks when they're drafted – and I've been guilty of doing this too with, you know, maybe Zach Wilson or, you know, some quarterbacks are like, oh, this guy. And you start piling on, you know, you, you start, you start saying terrible things about them and their upbringing and where they came from and how they're working and, you know, they're what they're doing off the field. And they, they just, once you start to get like in that year, two, three range, when people think you might be a bust, it's just haymakers from everywhere people start piling on and we're starting to see that with Trey Lance and Trey, Trey Lance doesn't deserve it. He hasn't had the, he's, he's been one of the most, most unique prospects ever. The whole process of Trey Lance's development has been strange and something we've never quite seen. And, and he's not like, he hasn't proven that he's a bad player yet. You know, he had a, he had a funky opening preseason game but all of a sudden he has a good preseason game in week two and then it's like okay well now what's the conversation unprecedented with the last pick in the draft being so good that he kind of took trey's spot otherwise trey probably would have walked into camp all year and been the starter again right if, if the brock purdy thing didn't happen and maybe there would still be a competition with a guy like sam darnold that was brought in who knows uh who knows what it would look like if trey lance would have gotten those reps all last year and had an opportunity to get his feet under him and the 49ers were we're committed to allowing him to do that until he broke his ankle in week two. And he didn't even get like a, a, a partial season really to start to, to get his feet under him there. So then Michael Lombardi and uh, you know, former NFL GM, I don't know what the show was on, uh, but he starts talking about Trey Lance and this week. And he says this, which is like, come on, dude. He says, when his mama lifted him from the crib, he just didn't have that quarterback instinct. First of all, leave the man's mama out of it, period, dude. Like, come on. Um, but and I understand what Lombardi's trying to say here. But, man, there's just so many connotations with this quote and hearing him say it made me feel dirty. He's like, dude, like, nope, this is that this is not it. This is not the direction you need to go with this. He's trying to say that Trey Lance doesn't have the the QB1 the QB one trait, right? He doesn't have that special killer instinct ability that all the great ones have, that all the really good starting quarterbacks in the NFL have. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe he is too nice and he needs to develop more of a killer instinct. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe flaming out with your first team and getting a chance somewhere else will, will help light that fire a little more. Is that a possibility Trey Lance? Maybe, I don't know. I, I don't know the guy. People who do know the guy all say glowing things about him. It's not like a smarts work ethic type of thing with Trey Lance. It's obvious what it is, right? Dude hasn't played. It was obvious in 
March 2021 when the 49ers traded up to get him, just like it was obvious when he was a rookie, just like it was obvious last year, camp getting ready to play. Man, these are so important reps. He needs these reps. He needs to play. He hasn't played a full season since 2019. The pre, can you? I feel like I've aged a dozen years since 2019, since pre-pandemic days. It doesn't even seem like we're living in the same world. Trey hasn't played a whole season since then. So he just needs to play. It's the most obvious thing ever. And so, and maybe he will never be good. Maybe he'll be great someday. I don't know. But the way that people are talking about him is really strange to me. And I think it's, it's, it's a good lesson for me who does cover the entire league as well to, to like, you know, it's, you don't have to get personal with it. You don't have to get weird with it. Sometimes players don't work out, but it's almost like, man, your draft pick is used against you so much that you're such just a you're some kind of a terrible human being if you don't make good on whatever investment the team made on you in the draft and that you know it's just it goes a little too far sometimes so um that i just want to get that off my chest a little bit because i i hear a lot of it on the national media and some of these guys i'm like dude you probably never even seen the dude play do you even know would you know him if you pass them on the street, you know, and, and they've got these big takes on them. So at least do your work. And I try to do that when I'm covering the league and you can't always watch everybody. I don't know it, the the last guy on everybody's depth chart, but you try to do a good job and, and really know the players you're talking about. And at least you can comment in small samples of what you've seen. If you're like, Oh man, he didn't look like he's ever going to be a good quarterback in this one game that I saw. Okay. But if you're saying, Whoop, that's it. Wrap it up. Trey Lance bust. It's over because he was hesitant on a, on a few passes in a in the first preseason game. It is just kind of insane. And then to bring his mama into it, come on, Lombardi can't go there. Um, he's just kind of, you know, and just the, the, the connotations, you know, that go along with that that statement that Lombardi was making there. You you don't love that. So uh clean it up, folks. Let's let's not, these are human beings, these are um, and I've been guilty with like talking about Sam Darnold, right? And, and I've never gone there with Sam Darnold, but like, eh, you know, I don't believe that he's got that trait. I'd like kind of the same idea, I guess. It's like, I don't believe that he's um, going to be that guy. I haven't seen it on the field, but maybe he does. And we have no idea. Didn't think that Geno Smith had that QB one trade, but guess what? He was QB one last year and he looked a lot like a franchise quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. And we'll see if that continues. Um, but the the whole bus thing is just like, especially with Trey Lance, because of how unique his situation is, uh, some people got to slow their roll, especially on the national media side when they when they break it down and the, the really the way they break it down. Uh, I want to actually break down the breakdown. JT O'Sullivan, one of my favorites when it comes to quarterbacks. Uh, he keeps it about what's happening on the field for the most part. And uh, he does he does kind of trash Kyle Shanahan sometimes, which, to be honest with you, kind of amuses me the, the way he does it. But JT O'Sullivan is one of the best. He knows what he's talking about with these quarterbacks and you know kind of fills in some of the gaps from when I broke down uh, the the film review of Trey Lance. He did his Trey Lance breakdown. Always something that that people should go watch. And um, you learn a lot every time you watch one of JTO Sullivan's uh, film reviews. Uh, but there's a couple of things he brought up that were kind of light bulb moments for me talking about Trey Lance and kind of goes to that same conversation where he's at and where he is in his development and, and where he needs to go in his development, which might need to be another city, another team uh, as soon as, August 2023. So we'll get into that and maybe a little bit of the chat. 
Kyle Shanahan also giving us some clues about uh, the quarterback rotation for preseason game number two as well. Next. Thank you once again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Shout out to all the everydayers out there. I'm sure a lot of you are here with me in the live chat right now or listening first thing in the morning. We appreciate you. We love you. If you're not an everydayer, just subscribe on YouTube and everywhere else you get your podcast. So Kyle, speaking to reporters at practice today, said that he's not sure yet what's going on with the starters, if he's going to play it very similar to preseason week number one with the starters and no starters are going to play. That includes Brock Purdy. He's not exactly sure what the plan is going to be yet if Brock Purdy is going to get any reps in preseason week number two uh, against those Denver Broncos Saturday. And uh, he also said what I expected him to say, which was he's going to do the same thing with Trey Lance and and Sam Darnold, but they're going to be flip-flopped, and it's going to be Sam Darnold's going to get shot first and then Trey Lance next. So does that mean if Brock Purdy does play, we don't see Trey Lance until you know the, the third quarter of the football game? Does he play an entire half still? It sounded like Trey Lance or sound like Kyle Shanahan really wanted to get Trey Lance more reps even in the first game, even though he played a full half. So um if you know we'll see what that ends up looking like and how much each guy plays. But we do not know if Brock Purdy is going to play yet, but we do know that Sam Darnold is going to go first. Then it's going to be Trey Lance, and then we'll see if there's any uh, reps left over for Brandon Allen at the end of that for the 49ers with their quarterback rotation in preseason week number two. Leroy in the chat says, it wasn't Lombardi that was saying that about him. It was somebody else that said he was repeating what the other guy said. He was actually against what the guy said. Um, I don't know. That's not the the thing that I heard unless, was, unless the clip I saw was taken completely out of context. So um, we'll see. Drop a link, by the way, if you have a, a link to something else that, that sounds different. But um, Kyle in the in the chat says, would you rather go one year of debating quarterback throwing stats or one year debating quarterback wins? Oh, my God. They're both the worst conversations ever. Um I'd probably debate. I'd probably debate. It's a tough one. None of the above is about the only way I think I could I could go about that one. 49ers girl says Kurt Warner's breakdown was better. I heard. Oh, I've not seen Kurt Warner's breakdown yet, so I would love to check that one out. Never went. I mean, everybody and their mother broke down Trey Lance from preseason week number one. He was a popular uh, film watch for people, probably because there was a big sample. You got to see him for an entire half and that people were talking about it because of, you know, how bad it looked uh, at the beginning, especially in his first few drives and then some interceptable passes, obviously. Um, JTL Sullivan said something really interesting, and I'm seeing some questions in the chat about Nick Bosa, and I'll get to those before we go. But JTL Sullivan's, was talking about some some very simple concepts that the 49ers were running in, in preseason week number one. And obviously Kyle Shanahan's not game planning to go kill the, the other team. Uh, so maybe some vanilla stuff out there. And he was talking about like day one installs and, you know, some high school level plays and just some things that, that, um, that, the, the, the young quarterbacks have done forever and should know. And it dawned on me when he was saying that it was like, Man, Trey didn't have that. Trey didn't grow up with the quarterback clinics and the camps and 
his high school offense wasn't air raid. His high school offense wasn't pro style. You know, it was like this archaic, we're going to run the ball all day long. Like we, that's what goes into the whole, uh, when you're talking about the pass attempts in, in Trey Lance's career, going back to high school, he had fewer in college, high school and pro career than Tom Brady had in one season in 2022. Uh, so that's, or 2021, whichever year it was. But I mean, he just, he didn't have any of that. So that it just it just goes to show how far behind Trey Lance was, and even though it didn't look like he was that far behind when he had this amazing season uh, at the FCS level, it, but you look you go back and you realize, man, okay, like he was awesome, twenty eight touchdowns, zero interceptions, uh, the the FCS national championship. It was the perfect season. It was an amazing season. He's six four two twenty five, cannon arm. He can run. He's athletic. Um, and he was running through guys, over guys, around guys at that level. And then you start to realize, man, okay, well, there was like 15 NFL guys on the North Dakota State roster and none, maybe one, on any of the, the teams they were playing against. This was just a stacked team. So it might have made him look better and made him play up. He only played that one season of college football. Again, that was the 2019 season. Then the, the pandemic hit, and he didn't play the year before he was drafted, which is not a thing that happens in the NFL. Players play football the year before they're drafted especially quarterbacks you got to go back to matt castle the last guy we could think of and let me know if you can think of anybody else that wasn't that didn't play the season of football before they were drafted and, and matt castle the seventh round pick not the third pick in the draft uh and it was because he was sitting behind matt liner speaking of stacked football teams and so and then you know the the broken ankle so he you know he sits as a rookie then the broken ankle in year two he hasn't played Trey Lance needs to play, period. Then we'll figure out who he is. Uh, it doesn't look like he's going to get that chance to play much with the 49ers unless there's some, unless he wins that number two job and there's another injury to Brock Purdy or there's multiple injuries and he's the number three guy or he's playing somewhere else. I want to talk about Nick Bosa for a second. Sam says, love your work, Peacock Croc, appreciate it. Croc is, I think, listening somewhere, so shout out to Croc. He's not with me today. He'll be back with me post-game uh, after preseason week number two, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk a lot of corner, I'm sure, and DBs and, um, and more quarterbacks, no doubt. SJ Sharks, Sharks fan says, I hope you start talking about Nick Bosa because I'm concerned that nothing has been done yet. Pay the guy and get him in camp. Rico says, how is Bosa not signing yet less important than Lance Purdy stuff. Um, it's because that can be instantly fixed and is not an issue at all right now today as we sit. Um, I'm still not worried at all about the Nick Bosa thing. It's a tough negotiation. This is going to be the biggest contract the 49ers have ever given out to any player ever. And he's going to make potentially more money than any non-quarterback has ever made ever. So there's so many nuances to a contract like this that they've got to figure out. He might want the most money per year. The 49ers might say, nope, we're going to give you the most edge money. We're going to outdo the TJ Watt contract, but we're not going to go to the Aaron Donald place. And there's enough of a gap between the, the Aaron Donald and some of the other D-line contracts that, that the 49ers would be probably right in, in taking a stance like that, you know, and, and, and trying to work something out. It's like, okay, well then let's go guaranteed money. Maybe I get the most guaranteed money, but not the most per year, or maybe I do get the most per year, but there's less guarantees in the contract. How many years is it going to be offsets in the contract? Uh, other language about trying to get no, um, no franchise tag at the end of it. You know, there, there just could be a million things that they're negotiating. And since there's no real deadline right now that we need to see Nick Bosa in camp today 
that there's no, there's no, you know, if he didn't get in camp by the first few days of training camp, then it was pretty clear that this could go a little longer, but now it's like the ready for week one point. So I will absolutely start talking a lot more about Nick Bosa. If, a, if we get any reports about it and look, the Niners like to be quiet about this. They like to, to, to work behind the scenes and I'm sure they would like it a lot better when their players are and the agents of the players are. And Bosa's side has been silent on the whole issue as well. We've got no reports about how any of these negotiations are going on. He's not taking the 49ers off his socials. He's not asking to be traded or anything like that. They're just hammering out a deal, and they're doing it in a dark room somewhere, and that's fine with me. I don't need to hear about it. When we get worried is when Bosa's not here early enough to be in some sort of football shape for, for game number one. That's where you get worried. And so what is that date? How much time does it need? A week, two weeks, 10 days, Labor Day? Is that kind of it, right? So you have two more preseason games. Bosa doesn't need to take any snaps in the preseason games. He's going to be in amazing shape. We know that already. But then there's different, you know, being in shape and then being in football shape is different. Firing off against offensive linemen. I don't know if he has any offensive linemen working with him down in Florida, but um, I know he's working. So it's it's not – I understand you want to get him in. It doesn't have to happen today. And so it's this is the 49ers still have an opportunity to negotiate and, and stick to their guns where they're at. You hope it's not a huge gap and it's a small gap and it's a couple of little things that they, they need to hammer out. And when it does get close, I'm sure Bosa wants to be in. I'm sure Bosa doesn't want to start losing money because he will start losing money uh, when the season starts right now, he is not. And so there's going to be a, a deadline there where Bosa is going to want to get in before the season. Niners are going to want to get Bosa in before the season. So I would say Labor Day is that date where it's like, okay, we come back from the holiday. Cool. We uh, had our fantasy drafts. We hung out with family. Uh, we're a little hungover Monday morning and we go, Oh man, Nick Bosa still on the sign. That's the time to get worried. Um, Right now is not that time yet, so uh, that's why we haven't talked a lot about Nick Bosa because nothing's really changed. Joey says Kyle has always been real vanilla in the preseason. If I'm not sure, he has a losing record in preseason. Yeah, he's definitely not a John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh has what? Uh, the Ravens won their 26th straight preseason game last week, so congrats to them on that. Uh, I Yeah, it's, Shanahan's clearly vanilla, and that's that's Shanahan's edge, right, is game planning against you and your defense. He's not doing that, you know? He, He's not he's not trying to leak his his tight end wide open on the backside of a play in a preseason game. You know, he you're you're doing some vanilla concepts, you're trying to get everybody some work is what you're trying to do in these preseason games and and uh that's what the 49ers are doing. So, um Christian says Bosa is a niner, he'll be ready to go week 1. There you go. That's that's kind of where we're still at right now. 49ers girl not worried about Bosa. And uh, that Mayoko said the Niners are confident that they'll get Bosa, uh, uh, Bosa deal done in a week to 10 days. Okay. Now, 10 days before the season, that'd be perfect. You know, after sometime between Labor Day and that third preseason game, that'd be good. You know, that'd be a good week to get it done for the 49ers and, and Bosa. You don't want him to, to, you don't want him to get into a game in week one and kind of rush into it and the 49ers are in a battle and, you know, he's on a pitch count maybe, so he can't play enough snaps for you or, you know, he overdoes it and then he tears a hamstring and he's out for another two or three weeks. Right. And then, so now you miss a quarter of a season of Bosa anyway, because you got it done too late. So you don't want that to happen either. Uh, so you do have to get him in and, and get a nice little week of practice, at least I think before week one, and you feel pretty good about that better if it was done today. Uh, but 
it's not yet time to worry about a Nick Bosa contract. Uh, I got some more questions about the DBs. We will talk a lot more about DBs. I'm going to do another podcast tomorrow. We can uh, we can talk about a lot more of these things. So join me here again on a Thursday evening doing the live. You'll have that podcast for you Friday morning. You'll have this one in your audio feeds Thursday morning. Appreciate all the everydayers out there. Make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Back tomorrow right here, Locked On 49ers.